0: Some people had a BMX bike. Come on. Is there any Gen Xers in the crowd? Yes? I see that hand. Yeah. Uh, my beautiful little BMX bike was my ticket to freedom in our subdivision. I would ride that bike through the subdivision, around the subdivision a few times around And when I got really brave, I'd r- drive all the way down to the schoolyard and then all the way back. And man, it was just something about that freedom, along with all the freedom. Of a BMX bike came the folly of taking corners too fast <laughs> and just getting used to those handbar brakes you know like the handle brakes that was a new thing and I remember and I still have the scars to prove it the moments after moments when I just took that corner way too fast <laughs> wiped out freedom we're going to talk about over the next few weeks is is both an event and a journey. It's an event and a journey. It's interesting, as we were talking about what the theme was coming up, and and I just sent a text off to Bobby to let him know, or a message to him, and and then I looked on the calendar and I saw in my news feed that August 1st, it was the day I was talking to him about this, marks the actual day in 1834 that the Slavery Abolition, Abolition Act of 1833 came into effect across the British Empire to create this day that we would know as Emancipation Day. But as many of you know, freedom isn't always complete freedom. Freedom isn't free. And the struggle for equality of minority races, as you know, has been a journey with its own share of scars along the way. An honest look at our history would actually remind us that even even the scriptures were used inappropriately at times to rob others of their freedom. This fact of history, this difficult fact of history, blows my mind every time. Have you ever heard of the slave Bible? Dr. Brad Boren of Bible Moody Moody Institute explains the British missionaries aiming to convert slaves in the West Indies used a truncated or a shortened version edition of the Bible. First published in 1807, it omitted texts dealing with rebellion, freedom, or liberation. This turned out to be quite a lot of the scriptures. In fact, about 90% of the Old Testament was missing in this Bible. Along with half of the New Testament, only three copies of the slave Bible are known to exist, with one currently on display at the Museum of the Bible in Washington. But it was said that it was intended for use among enslaved Africans in the British West Indies, which is modern-day Caribbean, such as Jamaica, Barbados, and Antigua. And he says this, that it was intended to be able to uh, not encourage them to seek greater freedom. Passages that could have prompted rebellion were removed, for example, such as this one. Why don't you read it with me? It's going to be on the screen. It says Galatians 3, 28. Read it with me. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And I I use that that one because the ye version would have been the way it would have been read. The King James Version. We may feel like we've come a long way from 1830s, but yet... Do you know, some of you may not know this about me, but when I was in Niagara-on-the-Lake, and I kind of am still in Niagara-on-the-Lake, but when I was working in Niagara-on-the-Lake in ministry, um, we spent the last seven years... Uh, in in our church in Virgil, and we were very much involved in work with the Jamaican workers, Caribbean agricultural workers in our community. And while ministering to migrant workers in Niagara, on occasion we would be aware of unjust working conditions. And I, I share this to you not as an example of every single farm or every single farmer, but of an example of how we have so far to come still in the area of freedom. Many farmers were treating their employees well, but. There were some who were not, and on this particular occasion, we were made aware of a group of workers who had just arrived in early spring. So early spring in Niagara means like you're coming the end of February because you need to start right away to get ready for the new season, uh, getting the vines ready, um, getting the trees ready. It's it's amazing what happens so quickly. There's such a short window in the agricultural season of, of, of a break. And so late february early march and this was during covid so things were just complicated and we were tasked as a group of churches and minister or people who are christian and non-christian but we were working together niagara community partners uh, that were overseen by our church and we were tasked with helping where there were shortfalls where The the system was broken where we needed to be able to reach workers who weren't able to get to the resources They needed easily and quickly and to make sure that we were helping out in during this time And it was was a wonderful opportunity, but we were made aware of this Some men had arrived during that season and their bunkhouse or the mobile trailers where they were living typically were used for the workers they weren't available now, I can't remember all the details. It could have been that sometimes they weren't available during that season because of isolation times and things of that nature. So that's why a lot were being, were being put into hotels for a season. But an employer decided that he did not want his, his employees to be put somewhere else, so he brought them home from the airport, and he put them in an abandoned school bus on his property. All the seats were taken out of that school bus. Cardboard boxes were pulled apart and put on the floors. Sorry, this was in 2020. And these men were sleeping on cardboard boxes with some blankets, and they were trying to stay warm because, again, it's spring, early spring. Frost warnings are still happening. And the man had texted somebody who were connected in our circle because we had these ongoing relationships with the men and women, both in Jamaican workers and the Mexican workers in our community. And... I'm sorry, it's very dear to my heart. And they reached out and they said, would you be able to just pick, because they, they didn't have vehicles, and so they said, would you just be able to, willing to just pick us up some food? And we said, like, absolutely, pick you up some, the food, what do you want? And we went and got them culturally appropriate food that would be, feel like home for a little bit. And we reached out to them and, uh, and there was a complaint made. <laughs> and some work done behind the scenes. But how many people know that's just inappropriate treatment of human beings? Yeah, because can we put that scripture up there one more time? Neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male or female. We are all one in Christ. (laughs) No running water, no washrooms. Freedom, although it's an event, it's also a journey. We find a particular pattern throughout all of scriptures that involves this path to freedom. Excuse me. This path to freedom from the people of God from Genesis when they're exiled uh, out of the Garden of Eden all the way through scriptures, Old Testament into New, we see this balance of exile and exodus. Exile and exodus, David... Zadok, Zadok says in fact are two of the most important motifs motifs excuse me in the Old Testament that ultimately point us to Christ and his cross exile and exodus this is journey from being enslaved or, or in bondage to being able to be freed and exodus is a journey to freedom James Hamilton, in his book, What is Biblical Theology?, he writes about the Exodus. He says, Jesus fulfilled the promises of the Old Testament that God would redeem his people in a way that would eclipse the Exodus from Egypt. That Jesus himself would fulfill the Old Testament. So it's good that we read from both the Old and the New Testament. It's good that we pull stories from old into new because of the fact that God speaks to us in a narrative. And the narrative, when he says the word of God is useful to us, that scripture in the New Testament is referring to the old. So it's useful to us. We want to read from it. And ultimately, we're talking about freedom in Christ in this series and during this season. Uh, But we are going to take lessons on the nature of from the nature of humanity found in all of Scripture to remind us of how God speaks to his people. How many people want to hear from God today? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's been just wonderful uh, just hearing you talk about how much God is doing in your heart and seeing such a wonderful response last week even here at the altar. As you came together, we were talking as a staff, and the thing that really stood out to us was the multiple generations. You know what I'm talking about? the kids who were with the moms and dads, or the grandparents near to the grandchildren. And and there was just this multiple generations all together saying, we are embracing the significance of what God has for us as a church, but also as individuals. And so we are on a journey, aren't we? And as I was praying about how to move forward, I felt like I couldn't move out of of the story of the Exodus. I mean, we just touched on from Moses' perspective, but I, I thought, I feel like we need to go on this journey. We need to take the path. And as I prayed about it, I felt reminded that after Moses was obedient to what God had called him to do, the following of his call, the declaration to the people of what God's intent was for them, he approaches, Pharaoh and then something happens and so let's turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 5 if you would or you can watch some of it on the screen there but Exodus chapter 5 says this afterward Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said this is what the Lord the God of Israel says let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness Pharaoh said who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go That same day, Pharaoh gave this order to the slave drivers and overseers in charge of that people. You are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw, but require them to make the same number of bricks as before. Don't reduce the quota. They are lazy. That is why they are crying out. Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Make the work harder for the people so that they keep working and pay no attention to lies. Side note, back to Niagara-on-the-Lake. Hardest working people I've ever met. Those who work on the farms. That goes from the farmer to those who are working in the fields. The fruit that we eat each and every year. The ones that get shipped into different cities and towns. The men and women who work from sun up to sundown on Sundays when we can't have church with them because they're too busy on the farms. But they'll come out on the Sunday night. Hardest working people. And so that, the one who had enslaved the people tossed off their request as being lazy, made them work harder for the people and said, you will have no straw to make your bricks. So we don't understand this exactly, but basically, you know all the tools you need for the work you do? Whatever that might be. It's like, take away your internet, and suddenly you can't work on your computer. Take away all the tools in your tool belt, and you can't fix that car. Take away your library and then have nothing to be able to resource from, to pull together everything you need. We have this moment in time when the servants, the people of Israel, were told now, you're not going to be going to be freed. Instead, you're going to be given bricks to be made without any straw or resources. The question I have for us today is simply this. What do you do when adversity strikes on the path to spiritual freedom? What do you do? You see, because some of you had this wonderful, moment at the altar last week where you're thinking this is amazing i know what god has made me for i know how he has wired me i know that god is going to do something great and i'm so excited and then a couple of days later you felt yourself right back into this moment of moses where says i can't do this Or perhaps you had somebody who has been speaking lies into your ears for many years and you thought you had gotten over it because of a moment at an altar where you embraced your significance and you felt called by God to move forward in who you are and all you are meant to be. And then you heard the lie of the enemy, the lie of a close friend in your ear. How many people know what I'm talking about? When we step forward, when we acknowledge and want to walk towards what God has for us, at times we can sense this adversity come against us that stops us from moving forward. The desire of hope and of freedom collides with the oppressor's wrath. And this is what happened to Israel the people they were told god wants to free you god's heard your cry god has a great plan for you he's going to free you from the oppressor and suddenly they're told instead your work is going to get harder and so here's a few simple and easy things i'd love you to write down to think about the next time you come across adversity that stops you on your path to spiritual freedom the first thing is this discern the source Discern the source. Why would it be surprising that the that Pharaoh, who had enslaved them, Pharaoh who had taken all their baby boys and thrown them uh, to and killed them at birth, Pharaoh who wanted them to not grow in number, that he would oppress them further? And so when we come against adversity, the first thing we need to do is discern the source and ask this question: what is the source? Of this oppression you know the scriptures as well as i do but ephesians 6 chapter 12 says this for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms this is who we are up against that co-worker at work who had who came against you That moment in your family situation where an old habit reared its ugly head. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the first thing we do is discern the source. Secondly, second thing we do is we push past doubt. You see, doubt's role is to deny your ability to ever feel free. And so when we push past doubt, we ask this question, how can I look at this differently? How can I look at this scenario differently? What is going on in my life? Let's look at how the Israelites looked at it. Exodus chapter 5, we'll skip down to verse 19. It says, the Israelite overseers realized that they were in trouble when they were told you're not to reduce the number of bricks required for, of you each day. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. Aaron waiting to meet them and they said may the Lord look on you and judge you you have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us Moses returned to the Lord and said why Lord why have you brought trouble on this people is this why you sent me ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name he has brought trouble on his people and you have not rescued your people at all and then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of this country. This is exactly the opposite what Moses and the people of God did, to what we are called to do. You see, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times in my life when I've learned uh, things from my parents, and I've learned how to, to do things well, and I'm so grateful for, for a wonderful mom and dad. But there's times when I think I've learned more from my parents from what they shouldn't have done than what they did do. You don't have to raise your hands over that one. But I know in your heart you're thinking, yep, I've, I've thought that too. I sound too much like somebody. I need to correct how I do that because I didn't like it or I wasn't, it wasn't the way I wanted to raise my kids. And so we choose based on how, how we're going to move forward, based on what we see to be, uh, to be the way to behave or, or, or respond. And this is the same when we read about the, the people of God in scriptures. Instead of pushing past doubt, they looked at the situation and they quickly found someone who they could blame. <laughs> they quickly found someone who they could put the blame on. They, put, they found... Uh, reason to doubt that God even had a plan for them. And so then Moses follows suit. True leadership doesn't go along with what the adversaries say. Instead, it finds the truth and moves towards it. And so Moses, at least he did this. He moved towards God and he said, God, what's going on? (laughs) And we too, in those moments of of adversity we can push past our doubts and we can say how can i look at this differently and i think it's in those moments when we realize that our doubts will be met by god if we don't give up you know there was this moment in time when our kids were really little and um our daughter our daughter our oldest daughter was going to school and we were in this new routine and uh and she was waiting at the bus after the bus dropped her off, because her mother was supposed to pick her up coming from work at a specific time, but her mother lost track of time at the office. Now, this is my biggest confession I've made so far to you as a parent and as a person. But we had this lovely neighbor uh, who was a Christian godly woman, and she was always at the bus stop at the same time, and she calls me on my cell and says, Michelle, I have hope. To which I respond, what time is it? (laughs) Because there's a reason I I said make sure that clock is down there. It's because I, I lose track of time very easily. I need to see it in front of me to get a real feel of what time it is. But here's the thing. I had lost track of time, and I left my daughter at a bus stop after school. Thankfully, nothing happened. And thankfully, that was the only time I ever left my daughter at a bus stop ever again. But before you pass judgment on me, understand this. There's times when we think God is that same parent. That he's left us on our journey at a bus stop and he's forgotten. We are tracking along, and then all of a sudden we get sidetracked by doubt or insecurity or whatever that looks like. Issues that have come up from our past, sin in our life, addictions. We're going to talk about all those other things that can come up against us to, to stop us from having freedom in Christ. We'll get there. Don't worry. We're going to talk more about it in the weeks to come. But when you're in that moment, when sin comes against you, when the oppressor pushes down on you more, be sure to know that you are not standing at a bus stop and there's a God who's forgotten your name or the time or how long you've been there. This isn't the God that we serve, amen? It's not the god i we that we serve i mean last week i was joking about i was in total camp mode last week so it was very exciting but i was in camp mode last week and all during camp i spoke on joseph how many people love the story of joseph like i do joseph with the not technicolor dream code but you know what i mean <laughs> and joseph we talked about this moment and it, and it stands out to me again that joseph had a dream remember Perhaps he was embracing his significance and telling his brothers and his parents that this is the dream that God gave me. I I saw it with my eyes. I I believe it. I'm not sure what it means, but I am excited. And he tells his family. And where does that land him? In a pit. And what stands out to me over and over again that Joseph, on his path to freedom, on his path to fulfillment, was placed in a pit by his brothers, Left was going to be left for dead, but instead was sold into slavery as a servant to those going by. But guess what? That pit was a pit stop, which was actually a bus stop, which was his ticket to the next chapter of his story. Sometimes these bus stops, sometimes these moments and times when we're in between, it's okay to wait. It's important to have patience because our doubts will be met by God if we don't give up. Here's the scripture that stands out to me the most in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9. It says this in the NIV. Moses reported this to the Israelites, that God was going to be there that God was going to show up, that God was going to come through. And they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Because the worst thing we can do when it comes to even talking about slavery or even looking back on the history of our country and of North America is to not acknowledge how harsh conditions have been. And in the moment of their harsh labor, which God was aware of, remember he said, I see, I see them, I'm going to deliver them. But it was their discouragement that stopped them from believing in what was next. Exodus 6, verse 9, again, in King James Version says this, Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses. For, I like this though, anguish of spirit, that describes it well. Not just discouragement, anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. One more translation, NASB says this, So Moses said this to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency, or in other words, impatience and cruel bondage. Isn't that what it is? Isn't that the moment that we get stuck in, when we're supposed to look at it differently, when we're supposed to see that, that moment in time as a, a pit stop or as a, a, a bus stop towards our next gest- destination? The people of God were in that moment. They were having to make bricks out of straw and it was horrible but God had a plan and he knew ahead of time how it was going to go through how what was going to happen next and in that moment their discouragement their anguish of spirit their despondency their impatience it it all caused them to point a finger and then this is this is the next point which is that when we are faced with an obstacle when we are faced In those moments, we need to resist rebellion and ask, how can I guard my heart in this moment in time? How can I guard my heart? I truly believe that on the cusp of a breakthrough comes this temptation to resist God's plan. And I'm with you on it, too. I'm all good for the ready-to-go God. We're going towards freedom. We're going towards the Exodus. Whatever you're calling us towards, we are heading that direction. But when push comes to shove and we feel it feels harder and difficult and things are different, even just being different can be difficult. We must resist rebellion. And I'm saying this not because we're a rebellious bunch because I haven't met any rebellion pe- rebellious people yet, to be honest. But I know the human nature. I know my human nature. Is that we sometimes resist rebellion. And on the cusp of breakthrough comes this temptation to resist God's plan. Don't resist God's plan for your life. Hebrews 3 says this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our own convictions firmly to the very end. As it has been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion. Do you know what rebellion they're talking about? The Israelites in the Exodus. (laughs) That's the rebellion that, that he's talking about in scripture here. He's referring to the rebellion of the people who, verse 16, were, who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not, they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? I mean, you know the story as well as I do, but we have this tendency in our nature to turn from a loving God and try to figure things out our own way. Romans 5, verse 1, 5 says, Therefore... Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace of which we now stand. And we boast in the hope and the glory of God. Why? It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, God's role is to remind us of his ability to bring freedom. And I think that's what Holy Spirit's been trying to say to us today. That God wants to remind us of his ability. You see, the promise of freedom isn't void of the process of building character and perhaps that's where you are in this season that god is taking you you've acknowledged the significance and now he wants to build character the question is will you allow him to will you allow him to build character through even sources that are not godly it hurt the heart of god to see his people enslaved it hurt when they were given bricks without straw but he said i'll take it i'll turn it into good in fact that's what he did with joseph too didn't he joseph says to his brothers at the end when of his story as well when when all comes together and because of his wisdom because of fulfilling the dream uh, walking in in faithfulness through the dream the process of fulfillment god brings salvation to all of egypt and all of the surrounding nations he brings food and nourishment and seven years of famine are not going to destroy them Because of God's plan. And and when his brothers come back, the ones who threw him in the pit, he says to them, what you intended for harm, yeah, God turned it for good. And this is the promise that we have in Scripture. That God who loves us, who has a covenant with us, that he will be able to see us through. He will not leave us without hope. He will take what is the adversary that we have or the oppression or whatever we are pushing through in our freedom. Yes, we have, remember, we have full freedom in Christ. That is done, that's justified, justification. But there's the sanctifying work that's happening and there's these times when we struggle with the old person that we used to be. And there's these times when human nature comes into play and people and circumstances oppress. All of these things is what Romans is saying to us. That we glory in our suffering because we know that it's producing something good and ultimately hope bricks without straw is temporary freedom from sin it's tyranny that's eternal this is where we get to place our hope because we know the full story Not just the Old Testament story, but the fulfillment of Old Testament that comes through Jesus. Jesus, the new Moses. We know that he provided a way so that we do not have to say yes to the old lifestyle, yes to sin and and all of that which oppresses us. But he knows as well that we have been placed here in this earth that is broken and fallen. And that there will be things that will come across our path as we're trying to move towards freedom. God wants to provide freedom and hope for you today, to remember that the process of freedom isn't void of the, pro- of the process. The promise of freedom isn't void of the process of building character. And this is the hope that we have.